and welcome to Spawn, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner. We're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And today we're going to be talking with Helena Dahlgren, author of the popular Soul Riders book trilogy about empowering and inspiring tweens and teens through books. And as always, we'll close out our show with our Cool Picks of the Week. And we'll be back with our guest, author Helena Dahlgren, right after this. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Star Stable Entertainment, makers of the popular Star Stable online that Kristen's daughter, Bridget, happens to love, and the Soul Riders trilogy. They've just launched the final installment in the series, Soul Riders Darkness Falling. Yay for that! Combining friendship, magic, and horses, this trilogy carries a powerful message that tweens and teens need to hear. You are strong, you are powerful, and you can be the hero of your own adventures. With the hopes of empowering the next generation of writers, Star Stable has also launched Read, Write, Unite, where young storytellers can enjoy a series of writing masterclasses on YouTube with today's guest, Helena Dahlgren, which we're going to learn about in a couple minutes. And they're even hosting an accompanying short story competition, where one lucky winner will have their story turned into an Instagram comic by illustrator Ellie Pukangas. To learn more, head over to Star Stable's YouTube channel for more on the writing masterclass or to Instagram, they're at Star Stable Online for more on the competition. That's at Star Stable Online. And to purchase Soul Riders Darkness Falling along with the other two books in the trilogy, go to Amazon.com. All right, so let's learn a little bit more about our guest, Helena Dahlgren. So Helena Dahlgren began writing ghost stories at the age of five and never stopped. Sounds like my kids. <laughs> she has a BA in English and literature from Stockholm University. She co-ran Sweden's most popular book blog for three years and now works full-time as a writer and literary translator, which is pretty amazing. She's written both fiction and nonfiction, mainly horror and fantasy for young and adult readers alike. Plus, she's the mom of twin daughters and a proud cat owner. So she divides her time between Stockholm and a tiny village in northern Sweden. And her obsessions include books, horses, as you might have guessed, coffee, <laughs> scary movies, and old TV shows from the 90s. So we are going to have a lot to talk about. Welcome, Helena. Thank you. We are so happy to have you join us. I'm like looking at coffee, scary movies, old shows, and I'm like, when can we hang out? <laughs> oh, anytime, anytime. We just have to get this pandemic sorted and then I'm on the next plane. Oh, that little thing. Yeah, that yeah. little thing, yeah. How are things over there in terms of the pandemic? How are you all doing? Um, I think we're doing okay-ish at the moment. We've had quite a few cases. My mom and dad just got their first vaccines, so that's amazing. Um, <gasps> that's the best we, feeling. Yeah, so I'd say, you know, fingers crossed on everything. We've seen the worst of it, and we're sort of, sort of slowly going back to normal. But not as fast as you guys, though. Our family in the UK as well, they're vaccinated by now. I'll probably get my shot in July, I think, something like that. Okay, well, here's to a, a speedy few months between now and yeah, July. Yeah, fingers crossed. I know that waiting time is really stressful, but I'm really glad your parents got it. Mine did too, and that, that was yeah. just, I cried more for them than for me, for sure. Same. I was really yeah, happy. Definitely. So I totally understand. Well, I'm glad you're healthy and well and that you're joining us. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's just jump right in because we have so many questions. We love talking mm. to authors. You know, we talk to a lot of authors of young children's books, and it's really nice to talk to someone who writes for kids a little older, like our kids. So mm -hmm. here's what I want to know. We are writers ourselves. And you've been writing since the age of five, yeah. which I find fascinating. What 
inspired ghost stories? Like, why ghost stories when you were five? Were you just fascinated by the supernatural or something else? Um, to be honest, I've always been like a slightly morbid kid, you know? <laughs> always loved ghost <laughs> stories and scary stuff, even from a really, really young age. I mean, you're talking to the girl who read Cujo when I was like eight or nine. So. Oh, I did too. Did you? Oh my God, we're soul sisters. <laughs> yes, I read the whole Stephen King library pretty much by the time I got out of high school. Mm, yeah. yeah, same, but I think it was like junior high or something. So yeah, I'm definitely a cat person <laughs> after reading Cujo. But I think it's interesting because, you know, in real life, I'm so not a risk taker at all. You know, you wouldn't ever catch me bungee jumping or even skiing or anything. I'm fine, you know, just sitting with a glass of wine or some coffee and a book. But when I read and write, and this has been the case since I was like four or five, I'm sort of instantly drawn towards darkness. And I always have been. I think that ghost stories for me are a way to sort of deal with the unknown. Because these are things that I can't control. But when I write about ghosts and scary stuff and death and, you know, all the gory stuff, I can sort of control it within my own environment, if that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. And I think that is what is so exciting about reading, too, right? Reading and writing is this idea that you can do things that are scary or risky or exciting or nerve-wracking, whether it's in your writing or you can read about them and experience them that way, sometimes first, which is actually very good for people who may be extra anxious, right? Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Oh my God, I'm such an anxious person. Always have been. But yeah, I think it's therapeutic in a way. And also, the thing about reading and writing is that you can sort of become whoever you want to be, which is kind of a lovely thing for a shy, wimpy kid from, you know, suburban Stockholm. So let's talk a little bit about your parents. Because I'm curious to know, you know, were they like... Yes, Helena, write those ghost stories. You know, it's kind of funny, right? Because sometimes parents can be like, why are you drawing those mm. scary things? Or why are you writing those scary or things? Or why aren't you going to business school? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what role did your parents play? Honestly, um, my parents have always been my biggest fans. And I think they sort of realized early on that, okay, we have ourselves a writer. And she's probably a goth as well. So let's just, you know, <laughs> give her books, uh, let her read Dracula. They've never been concerned, really. They've just been really genuinely happy for me and I was always that kid at school you know writing all these stories and winning awards and stuff which was so not good in terms of you know getting invited for prom and stuff I was basically Carrie without the pig's blood so (laughs) but my parents were always there for me and yeah I mean they've been so super encouraging and to this day they remain my sort of biggest supporters they buy all the books and read them and write these sweet messages and I think that's so important really just to give kids especially sort of shy creative kids that space that room of one's own as Virginia Woolf would have it um it's so so important and they never judged me for my book habit which is quite nice too oh I would hope not I mean these days parents are like how can I get my kids to read more Mm. so I can't imagine they'd have issues with that yeah but I think it was slightly different in, in sort of late 80s early 90s it was sometimes the case of oh Helena Bring him back again. Don't you want to go to a party or something? (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually glad you brought up Carrie because I think that was my first Stephen King book also. Mm. And I was drawn to it because it had a female protagonist. You know, if it had like a girl's name on the cover, whether it was Mm. either God, it's me, Margaret, or Carrie, I was interested. So I'm wondering, like, what were some of your favorite female protagonists from when you were a kid? Were there certain books that had female heroes that really inspired you or stuck with you? Um, How much time do we have? <laughs> uh, well, um, Anne of Green Gables for sure. She's a kindred oh, spirit. Oh, uh, yeah, that's I my love favorite. Her. Love Anne. Yes, I got the first one for my seventh birthday and instantly felt this amazing connection with Anne. 
And, you know, as a young kid, I often felt sort of like a fish out of water. I was too imaginative. I was too bookish. I was too dreamy. I used too many big words. I was just wrong, you know. Uh, and I didn't even have carrot red hair. <laughs> uh, but Anne made me feel sort of right at home. She made me feel seen. And I think Anne's story, when I reread it now, is also sort of a story about a writer. So that's really sort of resonated with me throughout the yeah, years. Yeah, it's important yeah. that we see ourselves in the books that we read. Yeah, and I did. And as a Swede, I have to mention Pippa Longstocking as well. Oh, oh my gosh, yes, of course. Of course. I, you, I would imagine yes. that most of our listeners, when they think of Sweden and books, they think of, if not Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, they probably think of yeah. Pippi Longstocking. Yeah, definitely. So after Lingren, I read all of her books growing up. In all fairness, it was probably more of an Annika, you know, Pippi's best friend. She's sort of a goody two-shoes, a bit shy. But just knowing about Pippi, that somewhere within this literary universe, there is a girl who has this amazing big dotted horse living in her living room. <laughs> you know, making pancakes on the floor. Uh, that just really, that was just wow. She just showed me that it's okay to be a bit naughty and not go by the rule book. So definitely Pippi. And while she's not a book character, I really have to say Wednesday Adams too, in the ah. Christina, Ricci, yeah, Christina Ricci interpretation from the Adams family movies from the sort of, was it the early 90s or mid 90s, something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My oldest daughter also went through, she'll be mad that I'm saying this here, but she went through <laughs> a very big Wednesday Adams phase for sure that only ended recently and she's a teen. <laughs> mm, well, mine has never really ended. I mean, Wednesday Adams gave me life. You know, uh... she was this fellow weird gothic girl and I still love it so much. And same with, you know, basically every character that Winona Ryder ever played in the late 80s, in Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. Oh my God. Gosh, we definitely could do a whole other episode about yeah, movies. It's definitely. True. We could do like a special, like, um, like an Ride a late 80s special. Oh, man, <laughs> I love the scene at camp, like the summer camp. Oh my God, yeah. Like, that's my that favorite. Best, really. I was literally just talking about that scene with my daughter Elsa. I think it was like yesterday. And she was like, I love that scene. <laughs> mm, it's amazing. So let's, let's jump in and talk about this Soul Riders book series. Yeah. You know... I have to imagine that there were some, I don't know, challenges or maybe it was super easy. I'm curious to hear how it was. You know, you had this wildly popular online yeah. game, which I know and have spent lots of money on happily. My daughter loves it. When I heard Star Stable, I was like, oh, you know, so what was it like creating this Soul Rider series from a game that was already so popular? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of scary at first. <laughs> I mean, I come from fan culture myself so I understand the significance of just uh, loving fictional characters and immersing yourself in that world and yeah like you were saying taking something that's so beloved like Star Sable and just trying to put your own mark on it I mean it could potentially be a disaster right yeah gamers have strong opinions yeah I think yes. they do yeah so yeah it was super exciting because I grew up loving horses riding horses dreaming about horses writing fiction about horses uh, so in a way, it's sort of like a dream come true. It's like 12-year-old Helena catching up with me and saying, guess what? One day you'll be able to write about horses and girls with magical powers. I mean, that would just be like, what? 
you're tricking me, right? But yeah, I mean, luckily the fans seem to love it. So I think what's kind of cool also is that you have twin girls yourself. Yeah. And we always talk about like how our parenting experiences factor into the stuff we write. Mm-hmm. I mean, we started as mom bloggers, so obviously it had a factor. Yeah. But <laughs> how about in terms of what you're writing? Like, do any of your parenting experiences find their way into the book? Um, tell you what, my coffee addiction definitely made its way into the character. <laughs> oh, I mean, caffeine addiction, that's a parenting skill, isn't it? I would say, no, yes, definitely. it is a factor yes. of parenting, for sure. Mm, yeah, it's like 90% <laughs> of early on-stage parenting, I would say. But I mean, honestly, when you're right, I mean, it's like all aspects of your life, all aspects of who you are, who you used to be, who you were as a kid, it all factors in. So when I write the songwriters books, I don't think I necessarily feel like a parent. It's more like I'm one of the girls. And I think that's key, really. But yeah, I mean, my kids are definitely instrumental when it comes to shaping the books. They are actually my first readers. I will read them stuff aloud, you know, sitting by the computer writing, ask them stuff like, oh, does this sound okay? Is it totally cringeworthy? Is that dialogue okay? And tell you what, they're brutal. (laughs) How old are they now? They actually turned 12 last week. Wow. Well, 12-year-old girls will always be honest with you when something is cringe, (laughs) as I've learned. Yes. Yes. They'll be like, mom, that's so cringe. And I'm like, whatever, (laughs) I'm old. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, they actually use the exact word cringe in Swedish as well. Oh, really? So, yeah. Cringe has made its way all around the globe to suburban Stockholm. <laughs> yeah, I like that cringe is now an adjective, by the way. Like, I'm a yeah. word nerd. We all are. And so, you know, I say cringy, and they're like, no, it's just cringe, mom. So, anyway, yeah. cringe. Cringe it is. The evolution yeah. of one. And I try, I try to be all, like, cringe-worthy, but no, no, no. What's cringe-worthy? It's cringe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned this when you spoke mm-hmm. about the female protagonists, right? Like, Anne with an E, yeah. or like, you know, Wednesday, you identified so much with them. And I want to talk a little bit more about that because, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast, how important it is for kids, for girls, for children of color in Mm -hmm. particular to see themselves in stories. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what that did for you and why that's so important for girls and children of color in particular to see themselves represented? Well, I mean, representation is so important. And I think that so many of us, no matter how we identify, whether we're cis women or trans women or trans men or women of color or whatever, lots of people, we grow up feeling invisible right as kids Mm. Um, and books and stories the right kinds of stories they can make you feel seen and I think that can change everything I mean that's a really big game changer so once you feel seen I mean your mind begins to unravel I I know that happened to me I was actually quite bullied at school so I was definitely you know more of a carry than anything else no pig's blood or anything but yeah um, I was definitely so not the cool kid and reading about someone like Anne and with an E, and her struggles, and her, you know, arriving in Avonlea, and being this weird kid, you know, everyone was looking at her, Mrs. Lind was like, oh my god, who is this person, <laughs> ending up with Marilla, um, but then, you know, all of a sudden, it was like, everyone loved her, and not because she changed, but mm. because she changed them, mm-hmm. so I think once you find those right stories that really resonate with you, and um, make you feel seen. I mean, that can change everything. So yeah, I'm super passionate about representation. I'm so glad. We've talked to so many writers about that lately, and it just seems to be increasingly important. I mean, it's been important to parents forever, particularly if you have kids who are underrepresented in literature, but it seems like it's finally important to publishers now too, which I find very encouraging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, if you take Linda, for example, in The Soul Riders, she's from Pakistan, and um, I've been quite vocal on social media about the fact that Alex is probably not straight. Um, So those things are really, really important to me. I don't just want to write about, you know, run-of-the-mill, ordinary 
you know, it has to be diverse. And that's really, really important to me as a writer. Yeah, she's a cool character, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah, I love her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one my kids relate to as well. They like Alex. She resonates with lots of kids, actually, yeah. I think what's so great about the books and what's so great about, like, all enduring books for teens is that hopefully you can see a little bit of yourself in every character. Yeah, that there's something definitely. that touches you. And I mm. think that you do that really beautifully. I think that's why Kristen's daughter is so obsessed with the books also. Yes. There's a little bit of her in each character, for sure. <laughs> definitely the same with me I can honestly say that I've put lots of autobiographical stuff in all the four girls and I really hope to bring out you know that inner hero in everyone because if there's one message I really want to send out to young girls in particular out there is that we can all be heroes and stand up Mm. for what we believe in even if we're not soul riders and you know we're definitely stronger together than apart and um, if you find that one thing within yourself that makes you special and just run with it. You can do anything. That's beautiful and so important for kids to hear over and over again. And the mm. idea that, you know, superheroes, we think of like super special powers and, you yeah. know, like these big things. And it's not. They're not no. big things, right? Standing up for what you believe in mm. or saying something to change someone's mind. You know, those those seemingly small things are heroic yeah. and they have a big impact. But definitely. And also just allowing yourself to be vulnerable, I think. And to be honest, I'm sort of on the fence when people often talk about strong girls and strong women and strong role models. I mean, that's all great, but at the end of the day, we're all human. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really beautiful about it is not that we're, you know, on the top of our game every day, is that we're super vulnerable and uh, we mess up and we make mistakes and we apologize and it's okay not to be a superhero. And maybe that's what makes you a superhero, you know? Well, I Mm. love that Star Stable is uh, utilizing you beyond just writing these books, right? I feel like sometimes in series, when it comes to games or something that, you know, kids have watched, you don't hear too much from the author. And I love that we're hearing from you. You're here on the podcast. You know, you're a parent, you love horses, but you're also teaching writing classes, which is an amazing opportunity. And we mentioned it earlier. Can you talk a little bit about what you'll be doing because I just love that we're able to hear and see you yeah. talk about not just the books, but you're you're really helping young storytellers get their stories out there. Oh, thank you so much. That's definitely the plan. The Star Stable Masterclass is a four-part YouTube series where I talk about writing, and it's from all sorts of angles, really. One episode is about surprise reading Uh, yeah because reading is fundamental I mean I I don't think you can become a writer if you're not a voracious reader you just have to read all the time another one is about creating characters that sort of stick with you and resonate with the readers and I also talk about things like structure writer's block because all writers do get writer's block (laughs) including me so it's meant to be like a fun creative way to learn new skills as an aspiring writer and you can find them on Star Stable Online's YouTube channel so, yeah, pretty exciting. Yes, we hear kids like the YouTube. <laughs> yes, that's what I hear too. <laughs> so for our listeners who may have young storytellers, I was wondering if you can just offer like one piece of advice that you would give to encourage them, like something you wish you knew or you had heard when you were young that encourages kids to share their voices and ideas through writing. Well, I would say, first of all, just hang in there and don't give up. Because I had this notion growing up that um, a writer was this like almost superhero of, of a human being who was just sitting by her typewriter, writing 24-7, never struggling. You know, the words just kept flowing. That was the way I saw it. But now I know for a fact that actual published writers do struggle as well. And writing is hard because if you want to write something really good that resonates with 
yourself as well as the, the, the people reading it, um, you have to sort of put yourself out there and be really personal. And it can be quite painful at times. I, I think that's probably something that I wanted to know when I was a struggling young author that everyone struggles. Yeah, I, actually, I like you talking about feeling like you were the outcast or the nerd, yeah. or not the cool kid. Mm. I mean, honestly, you know, it's easy to say this now to our kids, but yeah. I keep saying I went back to my high school reunion and all the kids who thought they were the nerds or were the nerds, they were the coolest kids when they grew up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they were amazing. Yeah, and no, my mom literally told me that when I was like 14, you know, it gets better. But, you know, when you're 14 and your mom is telling you that, oh, just wait for college, you know, that's ages away. But yeah, I, I had a similar experience actually at my high school reunion so yeah and that's probably another lesson that I would just like to tell people that if you're feeling weird if you're feeling like like the outcast chances are you're a writer <laughs> <laughs> I love it well you can find the soul riders trilogy on amazon.com yeah. the newest one is soul riders darkness falling and you can find Helena lots of places of course the writing masterclasses will be on star stables YouTube channel your Helena Dahlgren official on Instagram yeah. Of course, Star Stable Online. That's our favorite folks on Instagram. And you can follow the hashtags ReadWriteUnite and SoulWriters if you have big fans in your house like mine. Or you know what? I've been recommending these books to everybody, whether you're a horse lover or not. The messaging, like you said, Helena, is wonderful. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. Well, we're so glad that you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And as our guest, you get to go first, Helena. Yay! I love going first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my cool pick of the week is, shockingly enough, not a book. Can you believe it? No. There's more to life than <laughs> books sometimes. Yeah, apparently there's more to life than books, you know, as um, <laughs> someone said. Yeah, but not much more. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a little TV show called RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh... And it's available on VH1 in the US, I think. And also Wow Presents Plus, I think, internationally. My 12-year-old girls and I, we watch it like religiously. We love it. We do the lip syncs. We put on drag. We dance around with our cats. And we just love, love every single queen. And to me, um, RuPaul's Drag Race is just this beautiful celebration of love, light, diversity, and fierceness. It's basically everything I've needed to get through this pandemic and this life, to be honest. Um, mm. And season 13 is just wrapping up, and it's a great season. So don't miss it. Well, you have great taste. You have great taste. Uh, our girls love it too. Yes. <laughs> and my son. And your my son. son That's right. saw a couple of queens live oh. in Minneapolis a couple years ago. We saw Bendela Crown. Oh my God. I love Bendela Crown. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite queens ever. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Bendela. That's amazing. So, great taste. Wonderful show. I know Liz and I both feel very similarly. So my yeah. cool pick of the week is from Ilya Beauty. This is Facebook ads at work, I have to say, right? But they have this super serum skin tint spf 40 it's a super long Ooh, name i'm but looking at it right now yeah so it's tinted sunscreen but it has hyaluronic acid so you basically feel like your face is like tighter and Ooh. and like younger not that we have to feel tighter and younger in our face but it's, it's <laughs> nice i like it and it goes on very smoothly and i have to say i don't know if it's like hitting mid 40s but i am like super super 
strict about sunscreen on, especially on my face. Mm. And so this is lovely. You can wear it on its own. It's very thin, so you're not going to get a lot of coverage. So what I ended up doing was I got like a lighter color and then I have a bit of a darker color that does give me a little bit of coverage. You can wear it underneath your BB cream or your foundation, but it is like tops, as the kids would say. It is tops. I love it. And and I'm looking, it looks like they have about 30 shades, which is amazing from super fair to nearly black. So that's very cool. I can't wait to check that out. What about you, Liz? um, You know, you brought up Facebook ads. I have to just do a little plug. One of my favorite things on Cool Mom Picks is our series, Damn You Facebook Ads, in which we (laughs) buy and try the things showing up in all our social media feeds so that we can let you know whether it's worth it or not. Hey, I love that. (laughs) And we found some really good stuff from there and some really not good stuff. So I'm glad this one works for you, Kristen. (laughs) Yes. So Liz, what about you? What's your cool pick? So I've been doing lots of like online therapy window shopping, not quite shopping, but window shopping. So just browsing, a lot of browsing. So then I'm like, ooh, there's so many cool summer backpacks right now. And I got all excited that I ended up writing this whole big article about all my favorite summer backpacks that I wish somebody would buy me. They're really cute. They're really convenient. Especially now these days, you can't really walk out with like just phone and a credit card. Like you kind of need like the wipes and the extra mask and the hand sanitizer. So I, you know, I like the idea of having like a little backpack. One of the Mm -hmm. ones, Kristen, you'll like this. My favorite one that I really have my eye on, MZ Wallace. Yes. I know you love MZ Wallace. I love MZ Wallace. They have this water resistant convertible backpack. It's like a puffy, quilted, salmon-y, pinky red. It's gorgeous. And it converts from a backpack to a carry bag, like with the straps on top. It's a little spendy for sure. So I may have to Mm -hmm. save up, but I really love it. And um, we'll put the link up on the Cool Mom Picks podcast page so you can find that. But if you just look for cute summer backpacks on our site, you'll find it. (laughs) And you can see me being like, I want this. I want this. (laughs) Yay. And of course, we're going to link up all of our Cool Picks, everything we talked about on the show, including Helena's book series over on CoolMomPicks.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our guest, Helena Dahlgren, and to our awesome engineer, John Bowen. And if you've got a moment, you can leave us a five-star review. Right, Liz? We like five-star reviews. We like five. It's a nice, odd number. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right? It really helps support us. It costs you nothing. It does a lot for us. And uh, we really appreciate those of you who take the time to do it. And hey, by the way, take the time to subscribe. Just click that little subscribe button right now, wherever you're listening, and download our episode so you never miss one. It really helps us a lot. Thank you so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.